Well, good morning. It's really great to be with you all today. Uh, what, a, what a time of worship, time of communion, time of celebration. And uh, yeah, it's just good to be in God's presence together. <clears throat> so today, I'm going to be talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Three verses. Three verses for today. Absolutely marvelous verses. And this statement that you see up on the screen is the first thing that Paul says in this passage. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. In fact, he says it twice. It's the very first verse of chapter 4. He says the same thing. Therefore, we do not lose heart. He's talking about himself. Let me ask you something. You ever gotten knocked down in life by circumstances, issues, then get knocked down again? Oops, and again. Oh, and one more time, just for good measure. And you know what happens is that after a while, we feel like we're losing heart. We feel like just staying down, don't we? Giving up. You know, it's a basic human experience that we have, and it resonates so deeply with us. It's actually the subject of some really good movies. Um, one of my favorites on this subject, and I know you're going to chuckle, is the original Rocky, Rocky 1. <laughs> Not Rocky 42, but Rocky 1. You know, Rocky 1 was awarded the Academy Award in 1976 for Best Picture. It's really good. And it's about this, okay? Rocky Balboa is a guy who was knocked down in life. He was a boxer, but he failed as a boxer. He had a crummy, terrible job. He was a collector for a loan shark. He had failed over and over again, and you know he wondered if he was just a bum. He openly wondered if he was just another bum from the neighborhood. And then he gets a shot. He gets to fight the world champion in a fluke circumstance. And all he wanted to do, he didn't want to win. He just wanted to go the distance with Apollo Creed. If I can just be standing at the end of this fight, that's all, then I'll know that I'm not just another bum in the neighborhood, he said. And then in the climactic scene, you remember this. What happens? The fight starts. Boom, Rocky gets knocked down. Boom, again, again, 10, 12 times. Finally, the corner man, the guy who's on his team says, Rocky, stay down. Don't get up again. Stay down. And something happens. Something inside of Rocky gets going. And he gets up. And he finds that inner strength. He finds the fighter and he says, no, I'm not going to stay down. And he starts to give it to Apollo Creed like Apollo Creed had never gotten it given before. Well, you know something? 
the Apostle Paul was knocked down. Time after time after time after time, savagely. Listen to what he says. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Imagine that. Once I was stoned, Acts chapter 14. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. Wow, this is quite a list. I've been in labor and hardship. I've had many sleepless nights. Young parents, you know how tough that is. In hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. He kept getting knocked down. That's the reality of his life. Why didn't he just stay down? Why did he not stop? Why did he keep getting up? Why didn't he just stay down? Well, in today's passage, these three verses, he tells us why. And it's so important for us. This is such a basic human experience. We need to understand this and absorb this together. He teaches us something really valuable today. So uh, let me pray for us as we begin to open the word together. Lord, we know that your Holy Spirit is our guide, our counselor, the one who opens the truth of Scripture to us. So we ask that you would do that for us all today, Lord. Teach us what you want us to, to learn today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'm going to read through these three verses, and then uh, we'll go through them one at a time. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So, looking at this, these three verses as a whole, Man, there's a lot of opposites in there, isn't there? Think about it. He's talking about the outer man, the inner man. He's talking about decay and renewal. And then these three words, momentary, light, affliction, and the opposite, eternal weight of glory. He's talking about the seen and the unseen, the temporal and the eternal, it's just jam-packed with these opposites. What's going on here? Well, this is an important observation for us. Very central to our understanding today, and that is this. He's describing his life as occupying middle ground, contested ground. Middle ground between opposites, between two opposing forces. That's what's going on here. And, you know, this is really such a healthy 
realistic view of the Christian life. You know, what are our expectations? It's difficult. It's difficult. We're in the middle of opposing forces that are fighting. It's not going to be easy. So as a believer, I have to accept the fact. I can't fight that. I have to accept the fact that I'm living in the middle of this. That is our life as a believer. Okay? The question is, how do I manage that? Well, that's what he's going to get to. So, let's go back through these verses one at a time and just take a little bit deeper look. Verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. If you're under 30, this idea of outer decay, you don't know anything about it. Everybody that's maybe uh, north of 50, you can stand up and give a sermon on this whole idea of outer decay. It happens. It's not fun. Well, what's Paul saying here? Outer decay can be overcome, underscore, underscore, can be overcome by inner renewal. He says the inner person is being renewed Day by day. You know, it's amazing to see that in somebody's life. We, we've got so many examples here at Grace of people that have tough, tough circumstances. And you know what? You see that inner renewal, that inner joy in spite of what's going on. You know, I, I see Bernie back there. I, I saw Bernie out, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, and, and I hadn't had a chance to talk to him. And, you know, Bernie is struggling with a very serious cancer right now. We've been praying for him. But I saw joy in his face. I saw joy there that he couldn't repress. He couldn't keep it down. It's there. This is what happens, that inner renewal that happens day by day. And, you know, this is something that is so important for us to be cultivating. Um, you know, outside, there's a bunch of kids, and I said, okay, how many kids uh, play soccer? We got some in here. How many kids play soccer in here? Anybody? Okay, there's a few in here. Yes. Okay, good. Uh, if you want to be the best soccer player on your team, what do you got to do? We all know that. We've known that since we were kids. Why do we think that a rich, vibrant, interior, spiritual life with Jesus is going to happen on its own? Why do we think that way? It's not. We have a responsibility if we want to develop our interior spiritual life with Jesus. We have a responsibility to spend time with him. <clears throat> Verse 17, for momentary light affliction is producing for us 
an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Wow. Paul refers to his circumstances as momentary light affliction. You heard what I read. What's up with that? Momentary light affliction for Paul, it seemed like it was continual, brutal, savage punishment. (laughs) It wasn't momentary light affliction. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about a comparison in his mind. Paul sees something. He sees something. The eternal weight of glory. Something substantial, permanent, eternal that is ahead of us. There is, what God has planned for believers is beyond our capacity to understand. It's so amazing, it's so good. C.S. Lewis, in his sermon on this same passage, he calls it the staggering, unblushing rewards that are promised in Scripture. It's true. And there's one more word in this verse that kind of blows me away. We've got momentary light affliction, and we've got the eternal weight of glory, those opposites, and what's the word in between? Producing. What? These things that I'm going through are producing eternal glory? Wait a minute. Yet that's what it says. And you know what we call that? A mystery. <laughs> Nobody can explain that. What, how God is somehow doing that. It's a mystery. Well, how can I trust in something that I don't completely understand? How many of you can explain how this thing works? Can anybody tell me, like, how does this work? My cell phone. Do you trust your cell phone? (laughs) So too much, maybe. (laughs) I, I trust in my cell phone because it has proven over time to be reasonably reliable in the things that are involved in my life. As you're walking with Jesus, guess what happens? You're following him you're, you're in the word, you're walking with him, and you find that Jesus is reliable in your life. Yeah. And then what happens is, you can begin to trust him for the things you don't understand. You don't have to understand everything in order to trust him. This is a mystery, but it's so cool that this affliction that we endure while walking with Jesus, produces something of eternal value. Wow. And I want to make a comment about the context of this remark on affliction. Uh, If you read the whole chapter, you will see that Paul is making this comment in the context of him walking in the light. Very important. In verse 6, he says that God's, basically God's light has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. So these remarks that he's talking about for believers are when we are walking in the light. Very important. So basically, 
our stumblings, our afflictions, our humanity. Do you have anything about yourself that drives you crazy? I do. Why do I do that? Why do I think this way? Why do I react this way? We all have that. Our stumblings, our afflictions, our humanity can be transformed by God as we're walking in the light. Even the things that we stumble in, even the things where we have affliction that's coming against us, so maybe we don't handle it perfectly. We're walking in the light. God does something with it. So the final verse This is Paul's practical application. This is like an automatic sermon. The third verse is a practical application. Wow, it's a no-brainer. This is what he does. This is how he manages. This is his practice. Okay, we need to pay careful attention to this, what he's saying here. He says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So, he says it's all about where I'm looking. What am I focusing on? Where are you looking? What are you focusing on? Well, Paul says that we need to look at the things which are not seen. Well, how do I do that? I haven't seen them. And the problem is that it's easy to see our problems. It's easy to see our afflictions, right? When we get up in the morning, they're right in front of our face. We can see them. And Paul's saying we need to focus on the things that we cannot see. Well, how can I focus on something that I can't see? Isn't that kind of difficult, Paul? What, what do I do here? I've never seen eternal glory. How am I going to focus on that? How am I going to look at that? Which brings us to the main application for today that I want us to really think about and practice and pray about. And that is this. Worship. Worship connects us with the unseen God. When we are worshiping, we are glimpsing a little bit of the glory of God. You can kind of sense that in our times together here, can't you? When we're singing together about the beauty and the glory of God, you can kind of glimpse that a little bit. Worship focuses our attention on God himself and on the unseen. You know what? The more that you and I worship the more in touch we become with the unseen. And this is what Paul did. This is why Paul said, we fix our eyes, we're looking at the unseen. Well, because Paul was a worshiper. That's what we need to be. And I want to mention this because, you know, we love to worship here at Grace, and it's fantastic to do that together, but it's more than that. To only worship here together at Grace is like the soccer player, the kid who only goes to practice once a week. He doesn't ever practice at home. Is he going to improve? No. No. 
We need to develop skills at personal worship. How's that going in your life? Do you know how to worship God personally? Well, how do we do that? Well, first of all, music is great. It's an awesome way to help us worship God. But the number one tool for worshiping with God is the scriptures. And I like to think of worshiping God with the scriptures as the scriptures are the lens that I use to see God, to see the unseen realm. So you're looking at the scriptures, but you're also looking through the scriptures to see God. The scriptures are talking about God's faithfulness, his beauty, his love, his kindness. You see, oh, God, look what you did for Abraham. Ah, this is amazing. You are so great. So you're, you're, you're looking at what's happening, but you're also looking through it. And you're giving praise to God. You're acknowledging him. Make a practice of that. Make a practice of that, that that becomes part of your life, part of the fabric of your life. There's a beautiful statement on this that Paul makes. And I'm going to close with this verse. It's in the same letter, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And this verse captures what I'm trying to say. Paul says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. The context of this statement, he's talking about Moses. Remember what happened with Moses? He would go into the presence of God. He would meet with God. God would speak with him. He would speak with God. Moses comes out. The people were freaking out because Moses' face was shining. And so Moses' practice was he would come out and he would speak to the people while his face was shining. And then he would put a veil over his face because he didn't want them to see the glory fading away. Think about that. Think about how a, what a picture that is of when we worship, when we are in God's presence. God's presence renewing us, renewing the inner person. But then what happens? Life. <laughs> Life happens. And we always experience that same thing, fading And we need to renew day by day, renew that experience through worship. There's another word in here that that worship is transformational. Look what it says, that we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, being in God's presence alone is transformational. That's it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to be with God. You just have to be in his presence. And you are being transformed. It's like if I go out in the sun and I lay out on the beach for a few hours. What's going to happen? Well, I'm probably going to get sunburned. My skin is going to naturally change color because of the exposure to the sun. When we are in God's presence, we are being transformed. We don't know how. We don't see it happening. But it's happening. It's happening. We're being transformed. 
And this is the key, going back to the very first thing that Paul said, therefore we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart because God himself, by the Holy Spirit, is renewing our inner being, our inner person. And those times that we all go through where we are just knocked down, we say, I don't want to get back up. And the Holy Spirit, whispering to us, says, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. And he gives us the strength to be able to do that and the spiritual energy to be able to do that. And we are able to continue walking through this life in the middle of this tension of opposites. That is the Christian walk. Yes, we will get discouraged. It's inevitable. Paul got discouraged. But we will not lose heart. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we, we just worship you today for who you are. That we have this opportunity, the same opportunity that Moses had to enter into your presence. Jesus, you tore the veil in two, the veil in the temple. There is no more holy of holies separating us from you. We can enter the Holy of Holies through you. We can be in your presence and we can be transformed. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us in this room would be motivated in our walk with you to pursue a richer, a deeper, and a fuller walk with you. We need your help, Lord. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.